0: The force is female. This is the Rebel Scum Podcast.
1: You are always scum. Rebel scum.
0: From odds making to list rankings, we've got you covered. And don't forget to join us on Patreon for exclusive content, early access, and more. Now, here's your host, me! Hello, I'm Erin, and welcome to the 159th episode of the Rebel Scum Podcast. It's a very special episode because today is International Women's Day. We'll be hearing from women in the fandom, from YouTubers, podcasters, and Rebel Scum supporters. Let's get started with executive producer Heidi Fetter's story of being a woman in the Star Wars fandom.
2: Growing up as a girl, I got teased a lot because I liked things like Star Wars or Star Trek or Super Friends because those were things girls weren't supposed to be interested in only boys were supposed to be interested in that. Um, however, I had a cousin, a male cousin, who was a little bit younger than me and he had the entire play sets because uh, he lived in the town where the Kenner plant was. And I think what really got me started in the fandom was just playing with, with him and we used to have fun for hours so it's not just... How great the films are but just the camaraderie and I think that's also why I enjoy being involved in this podcast because of all the people I get to meet and I like discussing things like Star Wars and theories and philosophies and I've always been interested in that. Um, also the thing about Star Wars I would say you go in and like the first time we see A New Hope you think it's only like 15 minutes because it's just like one quick roller coaster ride and that um, that last space battle scene where you know where they blow up the Death Star I mean that That's just like, uh, no one had ever seen that before and like I said, it's just like going on an intense roller coaster ride. Um, You're never bored. Um, The Rise of Skywalker was over two and a half hours and I felt like I was only in the theater for half an hour because um, every scene was quick and my eyes were always glued to the screen wanting to see what happened next. I would say also another aspect of the series uh, that I liked. I think Leia was like the first sci-fi character to be a strong character. She wasn't just a princess damsel in distress. I mean, uh, at one point in the movie, she actually the one who gets them out of their uh, predicament. You know, She knows how to escape by blasting a hole into the trash compactor. So I think I kind of like that because there, aren't, there weren't a lot of roles at the time for women who uh, could be the strong female lead. Um, also I noticed, uh, the themes I like is how powerful love truly is. Um, for the most part in saving people, now you can say that it actually turned Anakin to the dark side, um, because of his fear of losing Padme. And what's ironic is he's the one who accidentally kills her in the end because he does turn to the dark side. But you have, uh, uh, Vader turning back into Anakin, um, because of his love for Luke, you have uh, Ben Solo turning back to the light side because of his love for Ray. And their dyad, their die in the force, their love connection, whether you believe that's platonic or I like to believe it's more romantic because I'm a bit of a Reylo fan. Um, in the end, it's love that defeats Palpatine. So I, I would say my whole thing about Star Wars is just emotional feeling about it between the camaraderie and the feeling I get when I watch the films, or just discussing Star Wars with other people. And it's probably one of the things that influenced me down the road to write sci-fi fantasy. I mean, I have had recently three books published and they were all like erotic sci-fi romances. Um, so in a nutshell, I guess I would say those were the things I liked about Star Wars. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Heidi. Rebel Scum Podcast has been on YouTube for almost four years, and over that time, we've made some great friends. Let's get the opening banter segment of the podcast started with our friends, Girls with Sabres. Hello, everyone. We are
1: Girls with Sabres. My name is Luthien. And this is Emrys. And we are so happy that Rebel Scum Podcast and James and Erin asked us to do this segment for them.
3: Yay! I'm excited. Yes, thank Mm -hmm. you.
1: For International Day of the Woman.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so I guess this leads us to the topic of... What is it like to be a female in the fandom that is Star Wars? Luthien, friend, what is your experience? It is unicorns and rainbows.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My little pony glory. (laughs) Yes, rainbow bright, see the shining light. (laughs) I would, you know, for me personally, uh, It was not, it was very chill. Okay, let's start over. For me personally, it was very chill because I was like a little bit more than a casual fan, but I wasn't like knee deep in it. Um, So for me, I was, I was very readily accepted by anyone I talked to about Star Wars. And then I became a content creator (laughs) and Um. And uh, thanks to you, uh, lovely co-creator Emrys, and uh, that I received the the comments, and ninety nine percent of the comments are wonderful and astounding, and just so welcoming and so many so many uh, other female creators but definitely male creators male driven channels um have been so welcoming um and in, and have embraced us which has been wonderful okay. but there have of course been the, the trolls and the aunties whatever you want to call them fanboys who have been not so welcoming and have questioned um questioned uh Intelligence <laughs> oh, um, to be a to be, uh, very professional and polite about it. So uh, I never really entered that realm of of uh, discourse until I became a content creator. But that aside, I mean, everyone gets that, male or female. So that aside. Um, my journey as a female in this fandom has been nothing but positive so I know that's different for a lot of people but um my journey in any fandom really as a female has been nothing but but positive so I I, I'm very grateful that that has been the case for me but I know it hasn't been the case for a lot of people
3: including you yes yes including me I'm sorry, I'm the woman of woe. <laughs> In this. when I was a child, like you you were saying I had no problems being a fan. um like I played with my my friends on the the uh playground as Princess Leia. my mom did my hair and the two little side bends. <laughs> for Sunday school because I had two little guys you know one was Luke and one was Hans so there was there was no divide and I think you know I think I yearned for those kind of days again where it's just fun I I do think the worst of it happened when the sequel trilogy came out um I the the negative fandom And I think that could just be the atmosphere of just the world today, of people having that um, security of being able to type whatever they want and say whatever they want um, behind a a plexiglass screen. And so the, the harassment of the female fan or... Some of the derogatory language and things of that nature are more um, commonplace. Um, They're more um, because it's it's just everywhere. And just the, the atmosphere of the fandom right now when there's so much divide and so much disappointment in the film's it does feel somewhat divided by what a man wants in star Wars and what a woman wants in star Wars. And I think that's what in the, this gender conversation is so difficult. It makes me tear up. (laughs) Uh, I, I just, I really think as, as fans, and it always is, we really need to just sit down and listen to one each other. Like, you and I have talked about this. I love hearing the male perspective um, on anything, but especially Star Wars, because, you know, I am not a man. So I don't see I, I as a human, I look at Luke's journey. And um, it resonates with me as being a human and there's a commonality on that, but I will never know what it's like to grow up as a man, as a boy in this society. So there is some sort of like, do you know what I'm saying? There is like this boundary oh, where when it was with Ray, it felt so personal. Um, with Ray, it felt it like I, I, understood on a deeper level level her journey because it was going through that that heroine's journey of where it was more about the internal struggle the feelings of doubt and insecurity the feelings of wanting belonging and seeking like a feeling of worthiness where Luke never really felt that that lack that it it was, he really wanted his place in this world, but it was more of, I want to show people that I'm a hero. Like I want to be a Jedi like my father before me, or I want to be a pilot or, you know, I want that. I want that kind of stamp in my passport where with Ray, all she wanted was someone to come home to her. I mean, that's it. I just... I've never felt like that about a character in Star Wars. And don't get me wrong. Like, I love all of them. I love Leia. I mean, Leia is so important to us females <laughs> of what she represents. <laughs> so the, the glass ceiling that she broke through. But she never went through that vulnerable... um that vulnerable journey with us. We never got to see the the moment where she felt extremely to the point of where she was left in poverty. Not just poverty of material possessions, but poverty in as poverty of the soul, of the spirit. So I I think that was certainly
1: sorry to interrupt you. It was certainly She certainly had her vulnerable moments. Oh, yes, most definitely. But as far as as far as Ray is concerned, it was laid bare. I mean, you were yes. me- meant to know from the beginning that like this was hard knocks, like she it was the the barest of the bare for her. And it was rough. And then this this is all from her perspective um yeah it's something that star wars has has not seen before and and you you also got a sense of it with with padme but but again um uh, again it was it was through the the male lens yeah so Padme again was was just like Leia. She she had her vulnerable moments, but it was not the the beginning was not as as raw like Ray's. It wasn't as tragic, like you said. It was why so? It resonated with so many people. Not that Leia and Padme didn't resonate, but but Ray's beginning was so so vulnerable and such a deeper deeper level that. It hit a lot of people. Women.
3: It yeah. It hit a lot of women. Well and young girls. Yeah, and Leia and Padme had anchors. They had anchors of security and right. home, you know. Um Rey Same did not. Luke. Yeah. Same Luke, Luke, Anakin, his mother. Um you know, Anakin also had Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh there, there was never a character except for Rey and Kylo Ren. And I think in the the anchor and home, Rey had it the worst. And I just, I don't know. It was, it was hard as a woman and I never asked for Rey. I never asked for a female character to be the center of the star Wars universe. But when it happened, there was just such hate for this character And it boggled my mind of people calling her a Mary Sue, calling her like, oh, well, what's her struggle? What's her story? I mean, she just, she just like is able to, you know, duel Kylo Ren and win in her first duel. And I'm like, "Uh, one, he was easy on her, two, blah, 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 blah. You and I have discussed this. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's why it, it was hard for me. I saw myself in Ray and then I was told, well, this character is a Mary Sue or just hate, just hate being sling towards her. And I'm just, why, why are we hearing such, um, such hate against this female character who's been through so much. And it, it just made me, it made me feel like it, is this because she's a female? And for a long, long time, like I, I, put that on the back of my mind. I'm like, no, it's not because she's a female character. You know, maybe it was just not presented well enough, or maybe something happened. Like I didn't want my mind to go there—that she was being given so much hate because she's a female character. But then I, I got to the point where, yeah, because there's, there's nothing else to explain why. For people who actually want to see the story, I, I don't see why, um, I don't understand the hate, and so in in terms of Ray and explaining Ray to people, and it, if and by the by extension, explaining the female journey to people, it it just saddened me, the um this feeling of you don't belong here or we don't think your story is enough important. We don't want your kind of female in our fandom, meaning, you know, the Rayla or or the or the Ray Stan or, or whatever. I think that's what hit the worst. That's what is worse than the the nerd gaming and everything. It's this feeling of um you are not welcomed in this this fandom because what you now love about Star Wars, the the um, connection you have with Ray and the connection with Raylo, is not welcomed in this community. And to me, that was just it was so sad because that's what a community is for. A community is to like sit around and you know have some popcorn or whatever and have fun and talk about what you love about star Wars and debate on what you don't like and debate on theories. Like, of course, you know, debates are fun and disagreements can be fun too if they're presented in a, um, an accepting manner. But it was just like, it was bearing teeth, um, with the sequel trilogy and it was, so sad, and I feel like we're. I feel like we're still paying for it.
1: But what I love about our channel is that even though it's hard to see all that, yeah, it's hard to receive some of that. Yes, um, you got me, and we don't play that. So I black. I use that black, I use that black button and it doesn't happen often. I have to say, like, we've been really, really blessed that I don't have to block people often, but, oh, I black, I blacky black, 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 black. And I don't care. I don't want that. Like if it's towards, figured towards us or someone else in the comments, I'm like, I don't need that here. There's all the time, like there's enough time in the world and there's a place for uh, constructive criticism or saying, oh, you know, like very positively. Hey, you know, that's, that part of the lore isn't correct. Even the lore is jacked right now, (laughs) but you know, that part of the lore isn't correct. You know, there's, there's time and place, but the all out vitriol, like, I think that's why I'm, you know, we're so good and positive, excuse me. And we're so good together is because we each have our strengths and mine is I ain't taking that shit <laughs> out the door go, go to another, you know, channel where they readily accept that action, but not here because we're moving on and we're being positive and you find more, more res- reception yeah. when you're just yeah. positive, keeping it positive, no matter if you didn't like something or not, just stay positive and move forward. I mean, that's just, just how we keep on keeping on and it's hard. It's hard. With the sequel trilogy, and again, not saying that the original trilogy and the prequels, and even Rogue One bringing up Jin Erso as a really strong character who I actually loved, and I loved Rogue One. Yes,
4: I do.
1: It's it's hard, as females, we're so used to not only seeing stories with a feminine gaze, but having them be vulnerable. So that's something that females are very used to and, and women are very used to reading, watching, uh, you know, taking in for a man that's not as, as simple and not that they can't be vulnerable, but it's something that they it's not, um, that doesn't come natural, doesn't come easy. So I think that's, you know, we just have to have empathy. I think that's one of the most important things in this world is, is empathy. And, you know, you don't know what someone else is dealing with on the, on the other side of that screen. So it's like, Hey, if we're not hurting anybody, leave us the heck alone. Okay. (laughs) Let us, let's all enjoy what we want to enjoy. And, you know, it's easy to type words and hit send, but they affect everyone differently. But we're strong and we keep on keeping on.
3: Yeah. So yeah. when James asked us how we kicked the door in uh, or kicked the door in as females on this fandom, I think that was one of the, the agreements that both Lithian and I had. Mm-hmm. We're going to do this in a positive way, although we're hurt. <laughs> And we're entering this fandom as uh, wounded Raylos. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna open the the door with with compassion and understanding yeah. that even people who disagree with us, there are good and honorable people who disagree with us, and and yeah. some of those people are are represented on this lovely channel, which is Rebel Scum Podcast. Like yeah. we disagree uh passionately (laughs) with some of these wonderful men on this on this podcast but like that's what is good about a fandom is when we disagree respectfully and we have conversations and we hear different people's point of views we just learn and grow and that doesn't mean that we have to accept and agree with everything but just having the conversation open and flowing and I, I guess that's what was so hard with this discussion about Ray. I don't care if Ray doesn't re- resonate. Like, I'm not trying to force Ray's journey as a, to resonate with you or Raylo or whatever. I, it just, it hurt. It hurt just for people to start attacking me or attacking other women. Just mm. for the, for the plea of please, like, Learn from us just like we learned with Luke or Anakin, or you know, we saw what it's like to be male in part mm-hmm. of those, those stories. Well, Ray is telling you what it's like to be female in this, this world and the vulnerability and the isolation and abandonment that we're experiencing. Are we good? But so I think
1: find a natural stopping point unless they want us to say bye but I don't think yeah.
3: so I guess maybe we should just go ahead and record a goodbye just in case okay so James if you need a goodbye here it is
1: <laughs> <laughs> A long farewell of saying goodbye <laughs>
3: So, thank you so much, James, and everyone yes. of the Rebel Scum Podcast for having us on Women's Day. Um, and on Women's Day, we just want to thank all the men in our life because the yes. world would not be the same without you. And we love and appreciate you, too. And thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, and go check out our channel, Girls with Sabers, when we're oh on God. YouTube.
0: Thank you, Emerus and Luthien. I think it's time for some odds. Today's odds are brought to us, as always, by Patreon. Thank you to our supporters: Heidi Fedor, Barry Brophy, Dennis Allen, Mary Kristen Athon, Jeff Wilson, Aaron Quinton, Al Schuler, Phil Staniforth, Janet Rubio, Rachel Alford. Austin Scher, Scott D., Andy Higgins, Josh Price, Mason Hope, Matt W. Rez, Rule Farmboy, Frank Perkins, Sooner Thrawn, Neil Lowry, D. Raven Spencer, Charlie Skywalker, Gleek Play One, Kayla Davis, Automata Joy, Charlotte, Mariah Weekland, Jericho Kane, Girls with Sabres, and Denna Nerds. And now, here's Lauren from the Galactic Podcast with this week's
5: odds. Thanks, Aaron. This is Lauren from the Galactic Podcast, and we are going to do some uh, Never Tell Me the Odds. So let's get to it. Let's do the first one. And it's Never Tell Me the Odds of an animated series taking place between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. Um, I'll have to put this pretty low um, for a couple reasons. Um, firstly... I'll give my percent. um, I'll put it at like 48%. Um, Actually, I'll even go lower. I'll go like 30%. Only because the time frame between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker is only a year. Um, I think that's a good time frame for some comics, uh, more novels, things of that nature. So I really don't see them doing any type of animation um, in between those two films specifically. Um, I can see maybe post Rise of Skywalker, maybe some animation uh, that way. But, yeah, in between the two, I'll put it really, really low. I'll go like 30%, uh, if anything, for sure. Uh, Let's go on to the next one. Never tell me the odds. Avera Chris. Um, She is the blonde Jedi on the Light of the Jedi High Republic cover. Um, Will that... Ava Chris, will find something that will set the events of the High Republic saga into motion. I'm going full Brock on this. <laughs> I will say yes, 100%. I think her character will be very piv- pivot- pivotal Be very pivotal in this series and throughout the High Republic. Um, there's some rumors that in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic, there was a shot of a Holocron opening with a figure uh that resembled uh this character, Ava Chris. So could be very, very cool to have that little small um connection. And to me, if that is kind of true, then I think this means that her character is pretty important and I feel like she would be the one that will find something that will set the events of the High Republic in motion. Um yeah, uh, like I said, I'll go 100%. I'll go full Brock on this. Um, I think she's going to be very, very big within the High Republic. Um, Charles Soule has already said. Um, obviously, his book, The Light of the Jedi, is really kicking everything off. So, um, And she was pretty prominent in that poster cover, the cover art for the cover uh, for the book. So, yeah, I'll I'll definitely say 100%. She will be the one that will find um, the events of the High Republic saga that will kick everything into motion. Alright and let's go to that last one. Never tell me the odds of characters from Resistance will appear in a future series on Disney Plus. Um, Yeah I'll go 70% on this. Um, I think that it is a good possibility we'll get some of these characters definitely in future animation probably events post Rise of Skywalker Um, and that brings Really a lot of new ground that they could do with these with these characters. Um, would really look forward to it. I'm all about animation right now, um, like I said earlier. I would love, um, I would love to see more animation. I would love to see an animation uh, theatrical movie that goes straight to Disney Plus. So yeah, this type of um, conversation, this type of Uh, medium I love. I think this is where Star Wars really gets it and I think Resistance did a really good job bringing um, the story between and within the Force Awakens and Last Jedi together really in a very creative way and these characters really kind of grew on you. Yeah it might have been for a younger crowd but the characters were still awesome and I definitely think just how just how the series ended overall I can definitely see them bringing them back. And having some really fun adventures, so yeah, um, I'll go seventy percent on um, on resistance characters coming back in the future series on Disney plus so that's it for me thank you so much for having me on this awesome international Women's day on Rebel scum podcast and now Aaron has the hollow news
0: hollow news hollow All right, here's the news. The Mandalorian Season 2 has wrapped filming. Actress Gina Carano posted a picture on her Instagram with the caption, That's a wrap on Season 2. I absolutely love this work and the people on it. And we absolutely love The Mandalorian and cannot wait for Season 2 this October. Looks like a new EA Star Wars game was accidentally leaked by PlayStation. The name of the working title is Maverick. The artwork paired with this accidental leak showed a Star Destroyer and X-Wings with the setting to be a lava planet, which would make us believe that it is Mustafar. According to the Rise of Skywalker novelization, Luke informs Rey that Leia could never be tempted by the dark side. He refers to Leia as the strongest Skywalker because of this. This isn't really news, but I wanted to share it. And this has been your 159th edition of the Hollow News. Top 5. Grab a glass of your favorite wine because for today's top 5, we have Laura from the Force Toast podcast, a Star Wars happy hour.
6: Hello all you rebel scum out there. Laura here from the podcast Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. My co-host, Alice, and I are big readers of the Star Wars canon novels, and we often discuss, review, and recap them on our show. However, we've never really done any kind of ranking, so I'm excited for the opportunity to share my top five favorite canon novels with all of you. I have to admit, I had a hard time narrowing this down, so I'm going to throw an honorable mention out there to Dooku Jedi Lost, the audio drama by Kevin Scott that came out in 2019. I absolutely love the story, the new characters introduced, and how it really rounded out the characters I thought I knew, like Sifo-Dyas and Yoda and even Dooku himself. If you're listening to this in real time, know that this is a great time to familiarize yourself with Cavan Scott's writing style, as he is one of the story architects of Star Wars Publishing's newest initiative, Project Luminous. So to start, I really want to recommend the entire Thrawn trilogy as my number five, but I'm going to focus on book one. The first book of the canon Thrawn trilogy, simply titled Thrawn by Timothy Zahn, is a tale of two origin stories set between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. The novel focuses on the titular characters' rise through the ranks of the Imperial Navy. It's basically Holmes and Watson in space, with Grand Admiral himself in the Holmes role and young Imperial cadet Eli Vanto as the Watson character. Cast Admiral Yelaren as Lestrade and add an evasive mystery pirate, and this shit is a proper whodunit. The B plot follows Arrenda Price's climb and occasional mist rung up the socio political ladder. Star Wars Rebels fans will recognize Price as the governor of Lothal during the show's run, and while she's a pretty one dimensional villain in the animated series, this book gives Price depth and somehow makes her relatable? Feels icky saying it, she's like a she's a very self-serving, maniacal psycho bitch, but she encounters her fair share of betrayal along the way, enough so that it feels pretty satisfying when her opponents get what's coming to them. While reading Thrawn, there's no doubt that you will find yourself rooting for him. Sure, he's the protagonist of this book, but in the grand scheme of the Galactic Civil War, Thrawn is the villain. He's just so good at what he does. He's also constantly surrounded by smug, bigoted assholes, so you really can't help but want him to triumph over them. Pro tip, if you ever thought of giving audiobooks a try, the Thrawn trilogy is a great option to get in audiobook form. Mark Thompson's Thrawn is identical to Lars Mikkelsen's performance in Rebels, so if you're a Rebels fan, the audiobook is a real treat. Speaking of Rebels, I need to preface my number four pick by saying that I am a huge Star Wars Rebels fan, so when I started watching the show and found out that there was a book centered on my favorite couple, I dropped everything, downloaded the ebook, and just ate it up start to finish. A New Dawn is a prequel to Rebels, set about six years before the start of the television series, or about eight years after Order 66. Former Jedi Padawan Kanan Jarrus is working as a transport pilot and bartender on a mining colony. He's keeping his former Padawan status a secret, he's drinking, he's partying, he's hooking up with girls, and just doing everything in his power to detach himself from reliving the night his master was gunned down by clones during the fall of the Jedi Order. One day, he hears the most beautiful voice in the galaxy confronting some local thugs. He goes to investigate and learns that the voice belongs to the beautiful, green-skinned Twi'lek woman, Hera Syndulla. Now, Hera has big Leia energy. She's young and beautiful and smart, and she seems to think of herself as an activist, but it's kind of horseshit. She's a spy, in whatever early iteration of the Rebellion existed back then. Mainly, she's an immensely talented pilot. Unfortunately, this book isn't really about her, so to be honest, she's not a very well-developed character in A New Dawn. This book really succeeds more in its side characters, like Skelly, a demolitions expert and Clone Wars vet who is desperately trying to warn everyone about the dangers of all the mining activity that's going on in the system, but no one will listen to him. There's also Zaluna, who's a manager at a surveillance firm who ended up being a very valuable ally to Kanan and Hera. The villain of the story is interesting enough, think General Grievous but less stupid but he's nothing compared to Ray Sloan, an Imperial officer on the rise. I'm not always inclined to cheer for the villain, but Sloan is incredibly compelling, and it's been really rewarding as a reader to see her pop up again and again in other Star Wars novels. She's just a badass, and the dynamic between her and Kanan in this book is really fun. Essentially, this is the story of how Kanan and Hera met, and their first adventure together, though again, it's mostly Kanan's story. A New Dawn is by John Jackson Miller, who Legends fans may recognize as the writer of the novel Kenobi. Fair warning, if you take the time to check out A New Dawn, you may be compelled to finally dive into or rewatch Star Wars Rebels. On to my number three, The Rise of Skywalker Novelization. I am privileged to live in Chicago and to have attended C2E2 at the end of February, where I was able to pick up an early release of the Rise of Skywalker Expanded Edition novelization, written by Ray Carson. Now, I know that this is supposed to be my top five favorite canon novels, and the novelizations represent a sort of gray area. Here's the rule as I understand it. If an individual scene in a novelization contradicts what happens on screen, it's not canon. For instance, in the Force Awakens novel, Poe and Rey meet in person. In the movies, they don't meet until the end of The Last Jedi. The film takes precedent. Sidebar. Over. Now, there are already a lot of leaks out there for the Rise of Skywalker novelization. I'm not going to get too spoilery here, but I am going to get mildly spoilery. If you wish to avoid it, skip ahead about a minute or so. Okay. I just finished reading and annotating The Rise of Skywalker because I am writing up a review for the Toast website, so this will kind of be a little bit of a preview of that. I'm not going to recap the novel right now, you all saw the movie, you know what it's about, but this expanded novelization takes you beyond what we see on screen. We get to dive into characters' heads in pivotal scenes like Leia training Rey on the Resistance base and Han and Ben Solo on the Death Star wreckage. We also get bonus scenes that weren't in the film like Kylo Ren interrogating Chewbacca on the Steadfast and Luke periodically nagging at Leia throughout the story. For me personally, it just made a lot of components I didn't like about the film a little easier to swallow. Things like Jedi Leia, which seems to be a direct contradiction to the Aftermath novel Life Dead or the entire concept of Palpatine still being alive. There's a lot of what I would call necessary exposition in the novelization that explains how that came to be. For me, the book accomplishes what four viewings of the film The Rise of Skywalker couldn't. It makes the film acceptable, for me. After reading Ray Carson's novelization, I've made peace with a lot of things that I didn't like about the movie, and I got to revel in the glorious details of all the components I loved. So I highly recommend reading it when it comes out on March 17th, 2020. I am certain that I won't be the only one to include Claudia Gray's young adult novel Lost Stars on my top five, so I'm not going to dwell on it too long. But I will say this, Lost Stars provides a warm, welcoming gateway for a lot of Star Wars fans who are just getting started with reading the canon novels. It's always the first novel I recommend to anyone who asks, for several reasons. Number one, it's set during the original trilogy. While the prequel and sequel trilogies have each endured very vocal criticism from fans over the years, the original trilogy remains a sort of fan-neutral zone. Even if it's not someone's favorite trilogy, I've never met a Star Wars fan who actually dislikes it. Reason two? In a way, it was the OG from a certain point of view. While we occasionally encounter main and supporting characters from the original trilogy, Lost Stars really isn't about them. They serve more as easter eggs throughout the book so that the protagonist's story can really shine. And the final reason? It's just really good. Claudia Gray is an amazing writer, and it's a great story, and it plays so cinematically. I can't believe Lucasfilm didn't scrap the book in favor of turning the story into a film or a television series. It's just that good. So for the last three years or so, Lost Stars has been my number one favorite Star Wars canon novel. But all of that recently changed after I finished reading slash listening to the audiobook of Dark Disciple. This book has been recommended to me more times than I can count, and for some reason I put off reading it. I think it was because I never had much love for Osage Ventress or for the prequel films, so I've never really been in a huge hurry to pick up this Clone Wars era novel. I could kick myself now for putting it off, but having just finished reading it for the first time, it has jumped right up to my top spot. The story begins with the Jedi Council conspiring to assassinate Count Dooku in order to bring a swift, albeit violent, end to the Clone Wars. It's a very un Jedi like mission, so Obi Wan pitches the idea of sending Jedi Knight Quinlan Voss to go undercover and get close to Dooku in order to complete the task. Voss is kind of unorthodox, and he already has a lot of experience going undercover, so the council agrees. Obi Wan assigns the mission to Vos, and he tells him Look, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but it wouldn't hurt if you partnered up with Asaj Ventress on this. Hear me out? She knows Dooku, she hates Dooku, she's already tried to kill his ass once. And she likes flirting while she's fighting, and she's just kind of awesome. Savasa's so like, dope, she does sound awesome. That's just the setup for the novel. Eventually, Ventress and Voss team up, and she teaches him some dark side stuff because he's gonna need that to kill Dooku. And it's awesome because it's deep, weird, force stuff, and there are creatures, and there's Night Sister magic, and it's so fun. It's also legit so sexy to watch the unlikely partnership between Voss and Ventress evolve into this enemies to lovers dynamic in this really organic way. I can't recommend this book enough. It's written by Christy Golden with input from Katie Lucas, who is the daughter of George Lucas, who worked as a writer on the animated series The Clone Wars. And that's all I've got. My top five favorite canon novels. If you're looking for a place to start in your Star Wars reading, hopefully this was helpful. The books really do bring something special to storytelling in a galaxy far, far away. Again, my name is Laura, I co-host the Force Toast podcast, and I tweet a lot about Star Wars, so come find me on Twitter at shutupunderscorelaura and let
0: me know what's on your list. Thanks for that Star Wars happy hour, and thank you all for watching, liking, and subscribing. Let's send it over to Rebel Scum Patreon subscriber ReaperGirl27 with her Star Wars story. Hi, guys and
4: gals. It's ReaperGirl27 from Twitter, author of Edge of Hope. I'm just here to say hi and to kind of check in with the girls since it's International Women's Day. And the boys are taking a back seat. Erin's got the con. So everything is just going to be amazing. So please stick with us and join in. Hit that like button hit the subscribe button go over to patreon and become rebel scum just like me and if you really really like the show let us know leave us a comment down there in the bottom okay because everybody knows that the girls are gonna do it better well I was asked to provide a little bit of point of view on uh, my Star Wars family kind of experience being a woman Uh, I really haven't had very many negative experiences thankfully with uh, my male counterparts in the Star Wars family Uh, pretty much everybody is like I said we're just a big family Uh, most of the time if I have any kind of arguments or discussions that get a little bit heated between me and uh, my fellow uh, BAM boys. Um, it's generally kind of okay. Most of the men respect the women in, uh, in this community quite well. Uh, pretty much from my point of view, I think it's because they grew up seeing uh, strong women portrayed in Star Wars like uh, Leia or Padme or even Shmi or um, now Rey, pretty much, they they kind of learned over the course of being a fan and and being immersed in Star Wars that uh, you really don't want to mess with a woman, because you never know when she might be a girl with sabers, or she could just be Rebel Scum with a blaster in her back pocket, or she could be strong with the Force and be a Jedi like Leia Organa, or, then again, she could be a Mandalorian. You never know. You just really don't want to mess with the women. So, uh, pretty much, like, I've always found, uh, primarily for my life, I've always had um, friends that are guys. So, having women as friends is a completely new and amazing experience for me because there's so many different things that I, I never really picked up on or got to enjoy before all of these amazing, intelligent, artistic, articulate women kind of turned me on to certain things. Like, I just never would have really picked up on being kind of more along the lines of uh, a tomboy type uh, fangirl, where I I generally prefer my uh, geek uniform with an awesome t-shirt, jeans, and my Converse. I'm, I'm more of a relaxed fangirl than, uh, you know, I, I'm more of a Jen Erso versus uh, a Padme Amidala. Uh, seems like Padme really, really loved her, her couture. Um, not that I'm knocking it, man. I really wish I could rock some of those dresses, but I, I just don't see how she made it halfway across the galaxy in those heels. <laughs> Jen, Jen, and Leia are kind of more the pragmatic women. They're just like, boots. Boots are the way to go. Utilitarian, comfortable. Ray even Ray's boots in a uh, in in her ensemble. Now that she's rocking it, it they kind of uh, from what I've seen here and around and and been shown that they, they're they're Uggs that have just been cut down and and made to look uh, spacey. I guess is the word, but uh. I, Ultimately, like, having met so many amazing women uh, recently in the Star Wars family, uh, it's, it's just, it's been almost like a culture shock, but it, it's been very supportive and loving and nurturing. And they, they just kind of generally have helped me kind of realize that, yes, you can hang with the boys and talk You know, detailed information and dig into the structural archives of all things Star Wars and still be a kick ass woman that deserves respect, demands that, you know, her opinions and her her point of view be taken into account, and, you know, not be pegged as somebody who's just looking at a hot guy on screen, and that's why we want him back. You know who I'm talking about. It, it, it's generally just been an amazing experience. Like I, I, absolutely, I. My Star Wars family has grown by leaps and bounds over the next over the last couple of months, and I have, I have friends for life. I have sisters, and I, I, I have, all of these amazing people that now are in my corner and I'm in their corner and we kind of are able to express, you know, what we love and share that. And, and that's not something that I've really had. Um, primarily, like I've never been as active as I have been of recently on Twitter. Um, I've kind of always sort of felt like I needed to censor myself because sometimes, uh, I can fangirl quite hard. Um, I, I could literally sit and talk Star Wars all day, every day, 24 hours a day. As long as I've got coffee, I'm good. But it kind of throws thin on friends that I have that know nothing about Star Wars, have no interest in Star Wars, which I it, it boggles my mind that those people even exist. But, you know... Star Trek has to have their fandom. Uh, I I just, I I can't say enough good things about these women that now I'm proud to, you know, call my Star Wars family. My my girls with sabers. My four-leaf clover. My, you know... uh, all of these amazing women, Katie Went Katie Wren, uh, Misconduct, uh, Aaron here at Rebel Scum Podcast, you know, I, I really can't say enough good things about these amazing women. They're they such role models and they really personify what it is to be a strong woman in a group of fans that really are very opinionated and have their own ideas about how things you know kind of line up or how this character is seen and portrayed and how this is this and that's that but generally it's it's never turned into what any other kind of open discussion i've ever had about anything with a woman has been which is refreshing and it makes me feel very safe that's one of the most the the the, the most personal and, and and important things i could probably say is that I haven't had a single woman catfight me or jump down my throat. It's it's just been an amazing just sea of welcoming arms and positivity and, and love and support. And it's, it's absolutely incredible. I, I feel very honored and very gifted. Um, the main character out of Star Wars, if you haven't been able to tell from all of my posts and... Uh, Edge of Hope um, is uh, Leia. Uh, I absolutely adore Leia Organa. I absolutely like love everything that she's about. Um, I love that she kind of portrays quite a quite a few um, of the women in the Star Wars family, where she's not only strong and hard and very kind of authoritative at times, but also soft and comforting and supportive and wise and it, it just kind of really shows that she is the heart of that core group and I think all of us ladies here in the Star Wars family that we have our own kind of go-to crew that uh, we look at as our, our Han and our Luke and our our Leia's and uh, our R2's and C-3PO's and uh, our Chewies. We all have that kind of core group of people that have been with us from the beginning that, you know, we may add members to like the sequels and the prequels have um, brought other characters and other people into our lives. We, we kind of, I don't, we really don't get rid of anybody. We really just kind of welcome everybody. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I'm I'm most grateful to have experienced as a woman in the Star Wars family is that. It's just been complete and total, just open arms. Like, where have you been this entire time? Why haven't you been around this entire time? And it's because I had my account on private and I didn't know you couldn't see me. But I'm here now! <laughs> and I I love talking with you guys. And I hope you will continue to tweet at me, read Edge of Hope, you know, DM me. Let's, you know, I think, you know... I've said it before, the RILO Alliance. I think, uh, you know, all of my sisters in the RILO Alliance, we need to, you know, plan a, uh, a a state of, uh, a heads of state meeting somewhere in neutral territory (laughs) so that we can all have our own private little girl wars party and and expand upon this International Women's Day theme. Um, But I don't want to make this too long. I hope Every single one of you have an amazing day. You were strong. You were beautiful. You were cur- courageous and, and and just amazing. Uh, keep putting out your art. Keep using your voice and keep being yourself. That's one of the things that I love the most about all of my sisters that I've met in the Star Wars family is you guys allow me to be me. You, you don't make me struggle or censor myself. You just, you, you really kind of, I never feel alone. You guys, you know, you have my back. And, you know, hope unites us is, is what I always kind of try to say. And I always say that, you know, we are a Star Wars family. And you guys are a part of my family. And that, you know, that means more to me than you could possibly imagine. Um, Carrie is, you know, a part of my family. Mark Harrison, you know, Adam, Daisy, John, you know, everybody, I, I, I can't say enough amazing things about the cast of these films that, you know, Hayden Christensen, Natalie Portman, you know, Ewan McGregor, you know, Obi-Wan, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, I, I, I absolutely, and then, I mean, even the extended Star Wars family with the uh, fanboys cast and and everything, uh, Mr. Dan Fogler, Jay Baruchel, Kristen Bell, who is the epitome of all things fangirl. I I absolutely love Kristen for the heart and the soul that she put into Zoe and uh, the perspective that she gave about being a female in the Star Wars fandom. Um I feel a lot like zoe at times where i show my fan card a little too hardcore and some of the boys are just like okay dial it back a bit no need to go you know full akbar on us let's just pull it back be a little bit more obi-wan and a little less anakin um but you know i've always got to go full anakin who can go half anakin what is half anakin Anyhow, uh, I just want to say a huge thank you to all of these amazing women that follow me, chat at me, give me support, show me love. Um, all of my friends that are members of the Rilo Alliance and that um, give my little pet project Edge of Hope the love and attention that I I can't believe it's receiving. So. Thank you, ladies, for having my back on that. I really appreciate it, and I hope I'm making all of you proud. Um, I hope I make Carrie Fisher proud with with how I'm portraying her and and uh, and Ben and giving her her due, because she is she is royalty. She is our princess, and you know I like to believe that in her own subtle way, Carrie kind of gave every girl in the uh, Star Wars family a taste of what it felt like to not only wear the crown, but to uh, be in charge completely and to be able to hang in there with the boys no matter what happened. I, uh, I really kind of, I feel like there have been some amazing female characters that have come out of... Uh, Star Wars, and I, I don't see that changing anytime soon. I mean, from Leia to Ahsoka to Padme to um, Jen Erso to, you know, th- there's just Rose Tycho. There's, there's so many amazing female characters, and it makes me feel really good to know that there is somebody that if I ever had a kid of my own, I'd have for them to look up to, and that they wouldn't be completely and totally set for life with all of the amazing women that you know I stand with and stand next to in this family that are so so awesome not only for the the knowledge that they know but for the passion that they show for their art for for their their favorite character for their storyline for you know their 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 interests and opinions and point of views. It's an amazing kind of group and collection and collaboration of women. And I don't think there's any other place on the planet that something like this could exist except in the star Wars family. So ladies, I love you. Have a wonderful day. Embrace your power, wear your crown and rock out like
0: a rebel scum. Don't forget. You can listen to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio or whatever platform you listen to your podcast. And you can watch us on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Aaron and you were always scum.
1: Hey, scumbags, thanks for watching. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up on this video and be sure to subscribe to the Rebel Scum Podcast channel for all the latest videos.